Real quick, let me just start off by saying this is Peter Rosenberg, your forever 24-7 champion, host of the Cheap Heat Podcast. And I want to shout out the Will Wonder Podcast. You know what I wonder? What amazing takes will be given today on this show? Will I ever get the nod, the invite to be a guest on this show? Will I ever feel like coming on the show if I get that invite? We don't know. But you're checking out the Will Wonder Podcast. What is up, everybody? Episode 66 of the Will Wonder Pod. I hope you all have been doing well since we last talked. I've been having a great time with March Madness. A lot, a lot of fun games. Thursday, Friday, Saturday, and Sunday. Obviously, there were some upsets. Kentucky falling to St. Peter's uh, was, you know, probably the biggest. For me, wasn't that big of a deal. I didn't have Kentucky going far in the tournament, though I did have Iowa going decently far, as well as Wisconsin in my final four. And after this weekend, they're out. Now, my bracket is still alive in my bracket challenge, but uh, I'm going to need to make sure UCLA, Arizona, Gonzaga all get to the final four. Then I need a Pac-12 championship of UCLA against Arizona. Now, what sucks about that, UCLA is going up against my North Carolina Tar Heels and my guy, Robert Chacon, who you all remember from the NFL podcasts. Uh, he's a UCLA fan. So my wallet wants UCLA to win. My heart goes for North Carolina. So we'll see what happens this week. Uh, had a great weekend, obviously, watching basketball. But my dad came in, had a lot of fun. Uh, him and my son played a lot. It's always nice when you get to hang out, you know, um, with your parents, especially if you don't get to see them as often as you would like. So had a lot of fun with him. Uh, what else has been going on? Not a lot. I'll be honest with you. A majority of my weekend was basketball and finishing the last assignment for uh, my class at University of Phoenix, which I haven't checked the grade yet. It hasn't... Um, uh, been posted yet, but I think this might be my first B, B plus of my tenure there at the University of Phoenix. And it hurts, but it is what it is. You know what I mean? I'm just going to have to keep everything else at an A to make sure I stay on that Dean's list. In any event, uh, what else has been going on? Oh, I wanted to put you all up on something that's been very, very um, entertaining to me. It's a podcast. I listen to a ton of podcasts, you know, from local podcasts, national sports, um, not so much murder mystery anymore, but, you know, I like to dabble in that from time to time. But there is a podcast that came out on the Ringer's Book of Basketball feed uh, called The Icons Club, and it's it's by Jackie McMullen, if any of you know uh, Jackie. She covered the Boston Celtics, covered the NBA for a very long time. She has since, you know, quote unquote, retired from writing, uh, but she has this podcast. It's going to be a, a limited series from what I understand over there on the ringer. Um, so far, there are two episodes in the first episode centers all around Bill Russell and Wilt Chamberlain. The second's around Dr. J uh, and the ABA and NBA merging. I guess not not really merging uh, the NBA, swallowing up the ABA and taking on a couple of their teams. But if you're a lover of basketball uh, and its history as I am, or if you don't know much at all, this is really a great listen. Uh, I couldn't suggest it more. I'll put the link in the podcast description for you all to check out. But again, Icons Club by Jackie McMullen on the Book of Basketball feed uh, over on The Ringer. Not just basketball, it goes over a lot of civil rights stuff, a lot of you know what was going on in the world in the 60s and 70s uh, is essentially where it's left off um, uh, with the Dr. J and ABA and NBA merger. So check it out. Uh, kind of a short intro today, but we have a, a pretty fun episode coming up. I, I brought on my guy, Kurt Pruitt. It's been a while since he's been on. Uh, at the beginning, we had some issues with the audio. You got to love Zoom. You got to love technology. You got to love paying for the uh, most expensive internet. And sometimes it just doesn't want to work for you. So anyways, we talk about uh, the NBA. We talk about the series that I've brought up a, a number of times the past two weeks, Winning Time on HBO. And then we close out uh, with a little talk about the new Batman movie, which I haven't seen, but Kurt gives a 
a really good review. Um, no spoilers in that. There are spoilers, however, for the winning time discussion. So, you know, maybe you want to fast forward a little bit through that if you haven't watched it yet. Uh, again, they're three episodes deep. So I hope you all enjoy that. After that, we'll be back with an I Wonder. But before all of this, as we do every week, a word from my guy, Dre Rocca. But it's a little different than what he usually does. Will Wonder Podcast listeners, Dre Rocket here. Not to talk about myself this time, I'm really here to tell you about The Road Home, which is a great foundation here in Salt Lake City that helps people find shelter. You know, uh, homelessness doesn't have a race, it doesn't have a shape, it doesn't have anything except circumstances that we all can fall uh, short on, right? Um, I wanted to tell you to visit theroadhome.org if you want to uh, volunteer maybe you want to get involved in the community or even if you want to donate make sure you visit theroadhome.org and uh, get more information about this incredible foundation and let's jump back into the show all right we have about two and a half weeks left in the nba regular season it's flown by it's been a lot of fun uh i brought my guy kurt on to talk some hoops and a, a couple of other things. Kurt, how are things going? Good, man. I'm I'm happy to be back. I found my microphone, so I don't have to sound like I'm underwater calling <laughs> in calling in through a, a telephone. You know, hopefully we get some good good uh, production quality for your fans. The thousands, hundreds of thousands of them. The, yeah, hundreds of thousands. We're not quite to a million yet, but we're working our way up. So uh, we'll get there soon enough. Um. Well, first, Kurt, let's do this. I know you're not a big college guy, but how's your uh, how's your bracket doing? You know, I am not a college guy. I don't want to sit here and shit on college basketball because I don't want to make you, you know, I know you like your college hoops, but um, it is basically 10 guys sprinting around and sometimes they throw the ball at the basket and it might go in. Um, oh, my God. But, <laughs> or swing, swing, brick, swing, swing, brick, turnover, live ball, turnover. I'm just kidding. It's actually been a really fun tournament. Um, I looked at my bracket. It is not going well. I think I missed. I missed on the games that a lot of people have missed, though. And I have. So when I I dove in a little bit deeper, I found out I have six of my eight teams left in the Elite Eight, and one of my Final Four are gone. So I'm oh, doing okay. Go. Doing not, okay. Not awful. Not awful. So if I somehow hit these next six teams, we're cooking with gas at that point. Ooh. Watch out. Watch out. You might win. You might win. No, I won't. I won't win. I'm in 12th, tied for 12th in your bracket. So, or in well, your turn thing. You just want to make sure you have, you know, you said three out of your final four, right? Or are still alive. Yep. You want all of them to make it. And then you want your champion, uh, your championship to be those two. And then your champion to, to pan out. So there's a, there's a lot left to do. You get more points as the, the tournament goes on for each win. So we'll see. We'll see. I still have hopes for mine, but it's, it's dwindling. Uh, for sure. Wisconsin, <laughs> Wisconsin really fucked me. <laughs> yeah, me too. Yeah, big time. Wisconsin, Tennessee, man. Tennessee was in my final four, and I, I really thought I was going to go for a ride with them. And man, didn't happen. Bad. No, I mean, then like upsets like the Kentucky upset helped me because I didn't have them going as far as yeah. most people. But then Tennessee just decided to shit all over my bracket and my <laughs> hopes and my dreams. <laughs> Uh, have, have you been able to watch any games, any, any players kind of stick out to you that you'd be, you know, you're excited to see in the NBA? Yeah, there's plenty. Um, I actually, I mean, I think, I think Jabari's going number one. If I had to pick, I'd pick Jabari number one. He seems to yeah. be the most polished guy. He had a bad game on that when they got eliminated, which is kind of disappointing, but I mean, the dude has it all. Um, I haven't watched Duke at all this year, so I don't know what Paulo looks like. <laughs> yeah. Terrible terrible at this um but the chet i have no idea what chet home he looks like a skinwalker he's just <laughs> slender man he's slender man or whatever that thing is out there like running around um <laughs> do i think he could pan out i mean he has skills but dude he is so tar- he's he's way smaller than katie was i feel yeah. like yeah like there is nothing beyond just skin and bones in that guy um I think Bill Simmons and Rosillo talk about like they don't even know what to do with this guy. They wouldn't be surprised if he ended up being like a five-time All NBA guy or if he just kind of fizzled into nothing. Um, but he has actually pretty high basketball IQ, which is going to help him. He just needs to get bigger. Um, he looks okay. And yeah. then the Ivy kid on Purdue, I think, is freaking sweet. Um, huge fan of him. I'm a huge fan of the 
I don't know. I'm I'm so bad at his name. The guy, the kid on, uh, he's a senior on Kansas. Abaji. The yes, yeah, yep, yes. Huge fan of his game. I mean, as a senior, so that'll probably for some reason make his draft stock fall a little bit. <laughs> yeah. uh, the NBA is weird, but I think he'll be immediately like a a help to a team, kind of like maybe a Halliburton or something like that. He's yeah. super sweet. Yeah, yeah, I like all those guys. Chet is uh, like you said, it's kind. Of, he's kind of. I mean, you don't know what to expect. You could see him being a really, really good NBA player, but then at the same time, you could see him out of the league in a couple of years. And like, it, it depends on, I know this sounds crazy, but like his body type is just doesn't make sense. <laughs> and, uh, you know, I had heard Rosillo and, uh, and Simmons talk as well. And they were talking about, you know, what does it look like when he puts on weight and they break it down to like body type with his shoulders being so narrow and like, yeah, they, they worry about, Someone, uh, I was listening to uh, Rosillo and he had Doug Gottlieb on there and Gottlieb was like, one of the GMs in the NBA had said, you know, what is it? What is a, uh, hunchback look like when he plays in the NBA? Have you ever seen one? So I don't know, man, it's going to be interesting to see what happens well, uh, with his career, but it, it, I could, I could see it going both ways, honestly. Yeah. But Doug, when the widest part of your leg is where your knee connects, you know, on your body, you don't have <laughs> any fat. It's a little bit scary. Those knobbled knees. I, I'm just worried that he's just going to break in half every time I watch him just run. I know. I know. Um, you know, I love my, I love old Drew Timmy, right? He seems like the kind of dude who just goes out to the, to the frat house and just gets hammered and then oh, wakes yeah. up and is like, oh damn, we got a game in an hour and heads over there and just does his thing. But he'll probably, natty, he's a big natty light guy. Absolutely. He'll, he'll go, you know, if he goes in the draft, he'll, it'll be much later. He'll probably end up being one of those dudes that, uh, you know, is, is signed on as a free agent after the draft, but we'll see how he does. He had a great post game, post game. Uh, yeah, that was hilarious yeah. when he wasn't trying to curse. That was classic, really classic good. moment in the tournament. Um, well, let's do this. I want to just touch on two NBA notes and then we can really get into, uh, what we wanted to talk about today. So, um, since the last podcast, really the only two major stories that I saw come out, will uh, you know, and I don't know if we were expecting them back or not, but it is both, uh, Dame Lillard and Zion. Uh, neither one of them will be returning this season. I thought there was maybe some hope for Zion, especially after he was, uh, you know, he actually rejoined the team. <laughs> As crazy as that sounds, um, uh, for his rehab, but it looks like he's not coming back. Dame won't be back. Um, I mean, it makes sense for, I guess it essentially makes sense for, for both of them though. You know, I would have loved to see Zion with the current Pelicans team. Um, yeah. but I mean, that all seems super complicated. I would say this though, two of, you know, maybe the top 20 quote unquote stars in the league haven't really played all year and we didn't miss them. <laughs> so I think that just speaks to how deep the NBA is, especially right now, probably the deepest it's been in. I mean, honestly, in my, in my memory, but um, any yeah. thoughts on those two not returning? Yeah. Um, I don't think it matters as much for Dame. Obviously our tanking with yeah. like shamelessly tanking. They're just literally just throwing out maybe guys that shouldn't even be in the G league at this point um, and losing by 30 to 50 every night. And it makes sense because Dame's proven for me. And I'm not saying Zion's not proven when he's on the floor, but, but like you said, they made the big trade for CJ. You need to see what that looks like. Whole Zion thing's really scary to me because one, we're not seeing anything of him. We don't know. Like we hear these reports that he's literally just pounding pizzas and Mountain Dew. Like, like that beat writer literally <laughs> said, like this dude just eats pizza and Mountain Dew. Like it, it's not good, you know? And like, we were so annoyed with the Ben Simmons videos of him just shooting and op- or yeah, empty gyms and yeah. every off season, you know, Zion, you need to do a little bit of that. Cause we don't know if you're 350 <laughs> pounds. We don't know if you're 450 pounds. We don't know how, we don't know if you're wi- like wider than you are tall at this point. Like we need to see something from you. And I think his injuries, it's just, it's a scary injury to come back from that. It's the outside bone in his foot. Where yeah. literally all the force when you jump and run goes to, right? That's what's yeah. broken and it's taking a while to heal. And, you know, this is an injury that before Embiid and KD came back from it, it would change players forever. 
you yeah. know? And, and so like when you think of the force that his body puts on the floor, when he jumps, it's, it's gotta be just like literally the, the most insane force, like the highest in the league when he, Oh, absolutely. how high he jumps, how heavy he is to get that body in the air that high. And that's not saying he's fat. Literally. He's just a big human and he jumps so high and he explodes so much. Like that bone is the most important in his body when he's jumping and it's, and it's healing. So you know, him not coming back, I think, is a little bit scarier than a an all NBA guy who's just shut down for the season because you know the season's over. There's, yeah. there's two different things there. Yeah. And I mean, CJ's hooping, dude. He's out there hooping for them. He's bringing them back to a team that's going to be in the playing game that's probably going to lose. But I mean, you'd love to see Zion at least at some point, right? Yeah. I mean, because you want to know, just like you said, like how far away is he from being who he was before um, and and how was he going to play with this team? Like you put Dame out there with, you know, CJ Ellaby. And I mean, Trent Waterford, I think is one of the, <laughs> it's not going to matter. Like Dame, we already know who Dame is. Unfortunately, you know, Zion has been in the league for such a short time. We don't really know what he is. Um, and especially after yep. this injury, like you said, with the, uh, it being the foot. I mean, it was the same thing Derrick Henry had. Now, Derrick Henry is like a freak of nature. He came back and played in the playoffs in the NFL. But to say that, you know, these are two similar people would be, you know, like comparing me to, you know, uh, Charles Barkley <laughs> in his prime. We're, we're not the same, right? <laughs> yep. So uh, I don't know. We'll see what happens. Um, but, but like I said, I, I, it does go to speak to just how deep the NBA is. Like if this was 2000 and two of the top 20 stars were out, people would be talking about like, Oh, where's the talent in the league? Um, or now it's just like, it, it's endless. Even the bad teams like, are good. Yeah. Who's, I mean, who's, I haven't even thought about Kawhi this year, which is crazy. Cause he's, when he's healthy, he's like a top five guy. Yeah. But I didn't even thought about Kawhi. I haven't thought about Paul George. I haven't thought about Zion. I haven't thought, you know, like these guys are out, but like you said, there's so many other players to watch and it's so captivating. I mean, no offense to your Orlando Magic. They obviously aren't winning games, but they have they have dudes you want to tune in and watch. <laughs> exactly. They, they legitimately do. Kate <laughs> yeah. Cunningham, I haven't, I haven't thought about the Pistons for 15 years. <laughs> I forget that they exist. Yeah. And now Kate Cunningham's on the team and I want to watch them. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like there's there's so many dudes worth watching. Um, like you said, it's it's a time to be an NBA fan. Yeah, absolutely. Um, all right, well, let's get to this. I had sent you some notes and stuff I wanted to go over and I'm hoping, so, you know, I've done my MVP ladder on the podcast the past couple of weeks. And last week I just basically said, you know what, there's one guy on his own ladder and then there's everyone else on some others. And it's hard for me not to just give Jokic the MVP as it stands today, but is there anyone, I mean, obviously you have the, the usual suspects out there. But is there anyone who you think could really challenge him for that MVP uh, trophy? I think so. I think like the league-wide narrative is like it's between Jokic and and Bead right now. Yeah. Yeah. Yep. That's, I would. That's, that's I what would everyone's actually saying. think. I would think there's actually a case for Giannis. Um, if there's anyone that I would give the MVP to over the Joker, it'd be him. Um, I think Giannis also might be suffering narrative-wise, which is such a big thing about this race, is just voter fatigue. You know, he's been around. He's been in it for a while now. Um, talked about at the end of the year, every year for the past five. Um, but, you know, his his case is they're, they're the defending champs, you mm-hmm. know, and Milwaukee's kind of suffering from the Spurs used to suffer from because they're not a big market team that won the championship. You just forget right. about them until the end of the year, right? Like everyone, I mean, there's more coverage on how shitty the Lakers are than anybody else in the league right now. And then <laughs> yeah. when they do talk, they talk about Philly, you know, Oh, it's hard to do. And they talk about Brooklyn. They talk about, um, the, the warriors and now Steph's hurt. So like, okay, yeah. who else? They don't, they don't even talk about the suns. They're by far, far and away the best team in the league right now. Um, but you know, Milwaukee's not giving, getting the coverage. The other, you know, I guess that doesn't, that's, that's a bad point by me because Joker's on a small team too, but I think he has some voting fatigue, but if you look at Giannis, here's his case. Okay. Mm-hmm. He's averaging career highs and points and assists. He's improved his free throws and three point percentage. Okay. Mm-hmm. So somehow Giannis is becoming more efficient in the way he plays the game, which is already insane. 
It's fucking you look terrifying. at his true shooting person. Yeah, it's it's <laughs> crazy. Um, they are third in the East, where Denver's probably not going to get home work. Okay, so that's kind yeah. of a big one for me. But in a way, that helps Jokic because the other the two next best players have been out all year, so that kind of helps him um, if you think about it that way. But it's also hard to give a guy that doesn't get home court necessarily um, MVP in a way. Um, yeah, I think Giannis. You have to get maybe throw him an award because he continues to get better and better every year. Here's the scary thing about Giannis, and we texted about this when they played the Jazz. I'm always blown away by him because he's he's only 27. They're both 27 years old, but I feel like Joker has reached the ceiling of what he can do on a basketball floor because he's matched like his IQ, mm-hmm. um, the speed of the game, and everything to his athletic ability. Giannis's athletic ability is so far and beyond anybody else that he still has room to improve the way he plays basketball, oh, which yeah. is crazy to me. Do you know what I mean? Like the ceiling on this guy is beyond just about anyone besides like a Kevin Durant. Like he is mm-hmm. so good and, and continues to get better. Um, he's still, you know, if you think about it, he's still a raw basketball player. He doesn't have what they call, you know, he doesn't have a bag that he goes to. He doesn't have a move yeah. other than I'm going to be faster than you and longer <laughs> and than get you to and, the get, cup. Yeah. and get to the cup with two steps. Um, I mean, he's insane. And they both they both have crazy advanced stats. Um, Joker's are his on off is like insane, like, like non touchable, <laughs> like yeah, like like record breaking, yeah, by quite a bit. Um, yeah, he's insane. It's just, it's just, I don't know if you can't give it to anyone other than Joker, but if there is anyone, I would say um, Giannis. And here's the thing: in the 2010s, it was about the point forwards. It's the 2020s now. It's all about the point centers with these two, which is crazy to think about. Yeah, I I would be fine with Giannis getting it. I I think, again, the case, you know, that I just keep going back for Jokic. Yeah, they're sixth right now in the West. But if that was, again, without Murray, without MPJ, and if you take Jokic off of that team, man, they are they might be the worst team in the league. Uh, well, maybe not worse than Orlando, but it'd be close. Right. Um, <laughs> whereas if you took, if you took Giannis off of Milwaukee, obviously I don't think they're in that, in the top five, probably not top six, but you still have a guy like Middleton. You still have a guy like holiday. Um, but again, I mean, Giannis, he, his ability to take over a game, um, almost when he wants to is just, it, you know, you said it, Kevin Durant might be the only other guy we've seen LeBron do it. Uh, you know, maybe LeBron in his older age, who still is fucking the top five player, but probably maybe isn't at that same level anymore, but still, yeah, I'm, I'm there. I, I, I wouldn't be upset with Giannis, uh, getting the MVP award, but I, I still think it just has to go to Jokic. Yeah, the, yeah. the Embiid talk is, is, uh, valid, but I think if anything, uh, James Harden joining the team hurt that. <laughs> yeah, I think stocks trending down for him. Don't you? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I think so. Even though his his, num- his numbers are are fairly consistent with what they were prior to the Harden trade, but um, I, I just think you add another superstar score of that caliber, like you're not going to get it. That's just not going to happen. Yeah, I think here's the thing though. Too is we're talking about three big men, right? Three dudes seven feet or taller right now, which is crazy. Awesome. I, I love, I love that the big men are coming back and yes, it's a different hybrid, a different monster. Um, and beat obviously a little bit more of the classic back to basket type player, but with the other two, you know, this is a completely different position. If you, if you think about the way these guys move and handle a basketball and have the the passing and for Giannis, how fast he is and how he can get to the rim, like having that coordination and being seven feet tall is mind boggling. We are watching the best athletes literally in the world, um, figure out that it's time for the big men to make a difference in the game again and doing it by doing what guards do. And it's, 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 I don't know. I think, I think people take it for granted just because it's the way the game's evolved, but this, Mm -hmm. this isn't normal. These guys aren't normal. Right. I mean, maybe there is hope for Chet Holmgren, huh? (laughs) (laughs) Maybe, maybe he turns maybe out you, to be that s- trying to guard Jan or any of them. <laughs> no, uh, I can't. The, um, <laughs> yeah. Just, just Embiid literally breaking him in half with his yeah. ass, just right in his freaking chest and just literally breaking him in half. 
Yeah, it's scary. I mean, I, I I've watched a little bit of Poku, right? And that's the the body comp to Chet Holmgren. Obviously, Holmgren's probably a better player, <laughs> but the body comp, you're like sometimes you see Poku and it's like, oh no, don't 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 defend him. Don't do that. <laughs> I know it's gonna be it's gonna be interesting to see, but I'm gonna root for him unless he goes to a team that I don't like. Then fuck him. <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> oh man. All right. Well, let's let's move on uh, to to your jazz. You know, I do a lot of jazz talk on the Jazz Nation podcast. Make sure you listen to that if you don't already. But Kurt, how are you feeling about your Utah Jazz going into the playoffs? That that's a good question. I you asked me this a few weeks ago. I'd be pretty pretty uh, pessimistic, but I'm actually optimistic right now. I feel like um, if Bogey's calf issue doesn't end up being um, a lingering problem, he and Conley and JC um, finally started to cook a little bit after the all-star break. Conley um, had a few rough games there, but he seems to be back in action. I think the addition of Daniel House or how, if anyone follows the Jazz Nation podcast, Dan Wu House, oh my God. he says it. Um, <laughs> he's he's been a great addition. Um, that gives us another, you know, wing defender that we've been lacking um, for such a long time. And randomly, Wancho Hernan Gomez has been Oof. great in giving us length and rebounding. He's been what we've needed, I guess, in that situation. So if we can just come up with some dudes or I guess make the the necessary changes in the playoffs. I'm actually pretty, um, pretty optimistic. I, I think, you know, best case scenario is somehow we passed past the warriors, which actually might happen now yeah. um, with Steph being hurt. And if somehow Minnesota can pass uh, Denver, that would be incredible. We match up with them in the first round, but <laughs> I'm not, I'm not counting on it. I will say, I will say that there is um, going to be a reckoning if we lose in the second round again, or God forbid the first round, I think there's going to be a lot of changes, but um, I'm going to be cautiously optimistic going into this postseason for sure. Yeah. I'm right there with you. Uh, I mean, Conley's looked better. Like you said, Wancho, who would have known like he's, he's been uh, especially when players have been hurt, he's filled in nicely. So yeah, I'm, I'm with you. I, I think, you know, the, the playoff future is bright, but like you said, if it gets, um, you know, if it's a first round exit, if it's a second round exit, it, there's going to be some definite cleaning uh, of the Jazz roster and and possibly coaching staff. So we'll see what happens. Um, I, I had I had asked you to come with some ideas of who you would like to see some realistic uh, finals matchups. So uh, I you know I have my top three. What I think would be possible, but also fun to watch. But what are what are you thinking? Well, I'll tell you this, okay? I think the Suns, the Jazz, and a healthy Warriors team, and if MPJ and, and Murray come back, Denver too, but I don't, I'm not counting on that, um, as true contenders in the West. And then I think the Heat, the Bucks, Brooklyn, and maybe Boston, now that they've been playing so well, are contenders in the East. So any matchups that way um, would be fun to watch. I honestly think a Suns-Boston matchup would be Really fun to watch. I think a Jazz Heat would be an absolute bloodbath, which would be fun to watch. As a Jazz <laughs> fan, I want anyone but Brooklyn because um, just the league can't cover KD. It's been proven time and time again, but there's literally no one on the Jazz that can cover KD, even with House um, and, and Goldman. We can't even throw enough bodies at him. He's incredible. So um, really anyone but Brooklyn is a Jazz fan. But yeah, there, there's potential <laughs> matchups. I'm curious to hear yours. Yeah, I, I I broke it down into three that I think any of these teams could get to the finals. Um, you know, an injury away or just how they're playing, anyways. Um, but also matchups I would like to see. So the first one that I think would just be fun uh, would be Miami and Memphis. I think that would be a really fun finals. Um, both teams are are very deep. You get Jaw going against. You know, Jimmy, Bam, different guys like that uh, on Miami's roster. Uh, next, I have just a, a repeat of last year, the Bucks Suns. Uh, obviously, the Suns are a better team at this point than they were last year in the finals. As long as CP3 comes back, you know, 
all good. Jake uh, Crowder comes back all good. And then the Bucks. I mean, like we talked about Giannis already and the level that he took it to in the finals last year was just insane. So wouldn't mind seeing that again. Uh, and then lastly, um, a little bit of, um, uh, I'm trying to remember the movie with Damon Wayans. Now I just totally blew that, that intro to this, but the jazz and Celtics, I think that would be a lot of fun, young talent, you know, uh, Tatum Mitchell, you get Brown in there, Williams against Gobert. I think that would be a, a really fun matchup as well. And I could see any of those teams actually making the finals. Yeah, first of all, with the Boston Jazz matchup, you're going to get a bunch of shit from Bill Simmons because he already hates the Jazz. He always throws shit at Gobert <laughs> if you haven't picked up on that. Oh, yeah. um, secondly, the movie that you're thinking of is called Celtic Pride. Thank you. God damn it. God damn it. Yep. <laughs> <laughs> I do. Here's, here's the thing. Um, as a fan of just sports in general, I would like to see some fresh blood in there. Um, so, I mean, the Suns, the Suns, I hate them, but it just because I'm a jazz fan, but you know, see them to get back in there would be great. Um, it's funny as it sounds, I know Miami, they had the, the time with Wade and LeBron, but it'd be fun to see them get in there. And then I'm actually here for that. I've been, we've been talking, I'm actually here for a finals rematch. Um, I think that'd be really fun too, um, just to see those, you know, it's always fun as players go to the next level. I think in a, when you talk about a basketball player being a great one, there is regular season version of that person. There's playoff version of that person. And then there's, you know, the upper echelon, the finals version of that person, yeah. the place where Giannis went last, last year, um, being able to see, you know, players reach that is it's just a, a, a fan of sports. I love to see that. So um, it'd be fun to see if Giannis can repeat that effort again. Yeah, I'm right there with you. Um, well, let's do this. Let's let's transition. Still basketball talking away, but let's transition into uh, you know I had talked to you about HBO's winning time. Um, obviously, you know Lakers. You have a deep hatred to that organization, but the show's really really good. And I've brought it up the past couple of weeks on the podcast, and I'm glad you know you've actually you've actually watched it. So what, uh, what are some of your thoughts on the series? Yeah, I do. It's not, uh, it's not a secret that I hate the Lakers, but this is, it, it, it's attached to Adam McKay. For those of you who don't know who Adam McKay is, he's done like uh, the big short. He did that sh- movie, new movie on Netflix called don't look up. He has a very specific type of way he does um, or he tells a story through film and that's, you know, the fun cuts, quick cuts between things, oh, um, yeah. focusing on certain things um, with while he's, you know, people might be talking and then all of a sudden it just takes a quick cut to um, Jerry West MVP trophy, things like that. Um, he, he breaks the fourth wall repeatedly through this, which is a great way to tell this story because my wife, who has no idea um, anything about the running gun Showtime Lakers, um, she's learning and they do a good job of filling her in. So it's not only just a good show for basketball fans, but it's just a great story to follow and they keep it captivating. Um, huge John C. Riley fan. I'll watch just about anything he's in. Um, I didn't even realize they got Adrian Brody. Who's one of my guys uh, to play Pat Riley. So that's going to be really fun to watch. Yeah. Um, but yeah, just, it's just really well done um, for the, for the nerdy folks. They shot this on 16 and 35 millimeter film instead of actually digital so when you see that graininess, Doug, um, that's actual film grain instead of digitally added, which is mm. kind of, um, you know, the makers of Euphoria, they started this trend um, to start shooting these shows. They do it on movies more often than shows, um, but to shoot these shows on actual film, which kind of gives that more authentic 70s look. And what I really like, and I'm sure you like too, is, you know, we watched those interviews from um, growing up as kids and they make that uh, aesthetic look just like those old, like VHS tapes or those old HBO, yep. um, you know, ESPN um, documentaries back in the day of it has that they cut to that that look and it kind of at first it was weird because they just do it in the middle of the scene but now I just really like it because it feels like 100% authentic and it's it's you know um, it's a story about the Lakers but at the end of the day it's a documentary about um, 80s basketball and what what it was like and it's really fun to jump into that I'm a huge fan yeah yeah I love Riley as Dr. Bus um, the guy who plays young Kareem like. Man, he looks just like him. Now, he hasn't talked much, which maybe that's how Kareem was back in the day, but um, he looks just like him. There's a couple of things that really have, have stood out to me um, 
in the series. And, you know, it's all based off a book that was written about the Lakers at this time uh, or the organization as a whole. But Magic is kind of a dick, you know, kind of a dick to Cookie. <laughs> and and some of the people, you know, you got Cookie's boyfriend, you know, after him, her and Magic break up and he just just is just busts his ass on the on the pickup court and then he's talking all that shit and i'm like man damn magic and then you know he goes off to la and does what he does uh for those who aren't uh who who didn't realize this there there will be spoilers as we talk about this so if you you know want to fast forward that's fine again i've I said it before on the podcast jerry west is a miserable human being <laughs> who just like doesn't believe in himself I mean, he's just mad about fucking everything. And then when he gets what he wants, he's like, ah, I'm out, which is just, just, you know, frustrating as you watch it. Um, loved Red Arback, just totally shitting on Dr. Bus. <laughs> yeah, that was a great moment. Um, no, I, and I, the Jerry West thing's crazy. I, if he's that neurotic in real life or if they, they're playing it up a little bit for a show, it's, it's hard for me to decipher like, okay, where are the, what, part of this is just story beats to just, you know, television versus the actual reality of who these people were. But, right. But seeing Jerry West this way, it's like, wait a minute, was he really this like just neurotic and bipolar? It's insane. <laughs> yeah. Incredible job. Incredible job. Um, call. I forgot that guy's name. I should have pulled it up. Um, he's in a ton of movies too. That, that super guy. underrated. He, yeah. He's Australian, I think actually, or from the UK, <laughs> which is even crazier. Um, let me pull up his name. Gosh, I'm so mad at myself. This is just terrible. Well, I, lo- I looked it up before this and I was like, oh my God, it's it's him. It's that guy. <laughs> he's <laughs> that he's, guy, right? Yeah. And he he's in like a hundred movies. He's in uh, Planet of the Apes, one of the Planet yep. of the Apes films. Ah, Christ. Yeah, you're, you're, it's Jason Clark. There you go. Yep. There you he go. Is, he, he's such an underrated actor. Um, and he is from, yes, Queensland. Uh, Australia. So, um, you know, him, all those freakouts and everything he's doing, um, he's actually masking an accent, um, which is incredible. Man. So, um, I think Jerry West, though, like you said, it's, it's completely, um, frustrating when he gets what he wants and he just quits, but yeah. I think he's kind of been the highlight of the show. Um, Oh, for, for sure. For and sure. Then, and I think Adrian, they just introduced, um, Pat Riley last yep. episode, but it's interesting because you're used to Pat Riley being so buttoned up, slick back hair. <laughs> But he's, you know, he's a mess. He's a wretch right now, walking around trying to find his way in life, and yeah. you know, being a, a has been, like you said, at thirty two, and it it's gonna be it's gonna be really fun to see how this all comes together. I'm also curious about how they do the timeline of everything because mm-hmm. because it it's what 1979 in the show right now, yeah, and they don't win their first championship till is 82, I believe. Uh, no, 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 they win it. They if they I remember it, correctly, they win at Magic's rookie, rookie year because okay. Kareem gets hurt and then but, Magic hits that skyhook. Okay. But Pat wasn't the coach that time, was he? No. Or was, it was, uh, oh my God. The other dude, is it the dude they brought in that uh, Jerry West watches this film? He's like, oh, he's actually pretty good. Yeah. Yep. Okay. Um, damn. Man, what, do I do this? Do I talk about sports or no? <laughs> um, one thing that really stuck out that I didn't even know about was that they tried to get Tarkanian from UNLV. And, you know, there's that moment where he's going to join. He's like, it's all but done. Yeah. But then they see the fucking mob guys over at the other table and you're like, what? And then his boy is put in the trunk and he's dead. And you're like, wow, is, was Jerry Tarkanian really involved with the mafia? <laughs> Well, maybe, maybe that's where he was getting his money to play off, pay off the kid. Yeah. And then, you know, the mafia was raking in the betting, um, the, the gambling side of everything. So maybe he was, but, um, that was yes. Jaw, literally jaw dropping. I had no idea that the mob, um, was involved at that point or even that, you know, you know, that's not so long ago. And that's, that's back when college was just about as big as pro sports too. So, you know, yeah. they're, they're getting their hands dirty and, and messing things up when in that highest stakes is it was jaw dropping. Yep. Insane. Um, but yeah, I love it. I can't, I can't recommend the show more. And like you said, the way that they shoot it, um, that graininess, it really adds to it. And, and you talked about, um, his name's Adam McKay, correct? Yes. The, yeah. So how you said he cuts from one thing to another, he does that, uh, with, with the graininess of the film too, which just like adds another level of, you think you're just watching something from 1979. Yeah. It's really, really, really cool. How you did, how he, uh, how they put all that together. 
Yeah, it's really cool. And, you know, Adam McKay kind of has, you know, how like um, there's those directors who just kind of have their guys, right? Like um, Scorsese just has the De Niro's of the world and yeah, um, and uh, Leo and he just has his guys he goes back to. Um, McKay also kind of has that. He's he's actually randomly connected to Will Ferrell because they did Anchorman together, which is super funny. Mm. Um, there's the John C. Riley connection, right? And then his boy, he's actually boys with Jonah Hill and Jonah Hill directed episode two. Fun fact. No shit. Yep. Huh. Have you ever seen the movie called um, Mid 90s? I haven't. I've, I've wanted to see it because Jonah Hill did that. Yeah, film, it, was his, right? it was his debut directing and he does a pretty good job. It has um, a lot of the same aesthetic um, things. They, I think it's actually shot on a four by what is it? Four by six ratio instead of the, the widescreen because, you know, it's like you're watching it on your, you know, old box TV. In the uh-huh. 90s. So, you know, I, I'm a, I'm a huge fan when um, these filmmakers take the artistic um, risks, you know, to, to give us, you know, it just, it just makes it feel more immersive. And yeah. um, it's, it's just kind of fun to, to see what it's like, um, you know, actually feels like you're watching, like you said, something in the seventies. And I, you, you mentioned that the, the guy who's playing Kareem looks a lot like Kareem. If for me, if you go look at the young pictures of a young magic, I think the guy who's playing magic looks a lot like him too. And he's no doing a good job with that shit eating, shit eating grin. But oh, like yeah. you said, uh, this, this definitely is making magic come out smelling like roses. That's for sure. Same with uh, Jerry Buss too. I mean, you're yep. kind of making Jerry Buss seem like a slimy piece of shit, uh, um, yeah. <laughs> but a, a, a passionate slimy piece of a, shit. A slimy passionate fun piece of shit let's get it yeah. let's get it straight sorry my bad my bad um so uh the coach after uh west was paul westhead um i um, you have to and and they did win the championship that that year and do you know who's going to play paul westhead in the in this series no jason siegel no way yeah so i'm i'm assuming in this next episode mr forgetting sarah marshall himself will show up so i'm i'm pumped about that yeah, that's great. That's great. Yeah. Um, that's going to be fun. I, I like to see, well, first of all, the show is, you know, a dramedy. Like there's definitely like a, they're telling a dramatic story, but it's lighthearted in a lot of aspects. Um, yeah. But I, I am on the record and I'll always be on the record that, you know, and we text about this all the time with um, Jordan. Oh gosh. Peel. Peel. Yes. Thank you. Peel. Yep. Um, these comedians, when they step into the world outside of comedy, are incredibly talented. So yeah. um, it's going to be fun to watch Jason in this role. I'm super excited for that. Yeah, because uh, I've you know I've heard so many stories of um, Magic pushing uh, Westhead out. I mean, they won the championship the, his rookie year, but he didn't want him as the coach. And so that's how Riley. I'm, I'm I don't know if it's going to get into that in this series or not. I'm assuming it will. It's got to be right. Uh, because yeah, you know, the first episode is the first like two minutes is magic uh, from what it looks like, essentially finding out he has HIV. So yeah, it'll get there. It'll get there for sure. So, but man, really fun, really fun series. I can't suggest it enough. Um, we got a few more minutes here and what I wanted to do, I haven't seen the film yet, but I'm a fan of the franchise for the most part. Now there's been some duds in the Batman franchise, but you saw the newest film, um, Give me, you know, your, uh, as you said, the good, the bad, and the ugly of the new Batman movie. Yeah. Yes. So I'll do the spoiler free because <clears throat> I don't want to, um, you know, spoil it for not only the listeners, but you. Yeah. Uh, and I understand, Doug, it's hard to get to the movies with a kid, so I won't blame you. Then. <laughs> it, um, it, it, you can do it, but a three hour movie is the hard part. <laughs> yes. Yes. And that's definitely on the ugly side of things. Um, so here's the good. Okay. I don't know about you, but I'm always here for a classic like detective film noir. And that's what this is at its heart. It's a Batman movie, but it's dressed up as film noir, meaning like, you know, it's dark, it's gritty. Yeah. Um, which I absolutely love. It's a detective mystery. It's, it's you're, you're peeling back the layers with Batman as he tries to figure out who the Riddler is and what he's trying to do. Okay. I love that part. Huge fan of it. It actually, follows almost beat by beat um, the movie seven, which is kind of funny. It's, oh boy. Yeah. It's a lot like seven um, in that aspect. Um, in my opinion though, good storytellers, they tell, they, t- they show you things. They don't tell you things, right? Have you ever heard that 
from a creative where it's like, don't tell me, show me. Yeah. Kind of like a, a thing, right? So the best part about this is they skip the whole in this world of Batman, they skip the whole um origin story because we've seen it a million times. We know what happens, right? Um, but the best part about this one is that it's his second year of doing this. So picture like a sophomore year player. Mm. Um, so what I like about it is um, he's not polished. He falls down a lot. He gets confused when things go wrong. Um, it's super <laughs> awesome. And they don't necessarily show you that. It's just like little nuanced things um, without giving too much away. Got it. Another great part is Colin Farrell as the penguin, which was amazing. He's unrecognizable. Um, I didn't even believe it was him. I did, and I told Emily it was him and she, she didn't believe me either. She had to Google it. <laughs> <laughs> um, I guess this is kind of a hot take on it, but I liked the Riddler. Um, mm. A lot of people aren't liking the version of what they did, but they actually made him a freak and about as dark as like the Joker from the, the Dark Knight. Got um, it. Which is really fun. A fun take on the Riddler. Um, it's not, you know, it's Jim, not Jim Carrey with red hair. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, but they, he's basically like a, a crazy right-winged incel and they, they do a really good job at it. Mm. Um, uh, maybe a little too insane in a way though, like almost to the point of like, is he a genius or is this guy just crazy? Um, the the score is great, which is always funny. You know, not something that people usually pay attention to, but it kind of drives you through the whole movie. Yeah. Um, the Batmobile chase scene is probably the highlight of the whole movie. In my opinion, they did like a, muscle car version of the Batmobile and it it's it's awesome and for people who want you know to pay attention to the fine details in film this is a perfect exercise and why sound editing is so important in film like you have to see it in theaters I would suggest for you to see it in theaters because when he turns that thing on for the first time like you literally feel like you get punched in the chest it's awesome <laughs> it's so cool such a fun ride um the bad for me here's the thing I liked Pattinson as batman i do not like pattinson as bruce wayne okay Mm. he is so brooding and emo i felt like i was you know at like an old afi concert (laughs) (laughs) like he has the sweaty hair in his eyes and he always has like his paint on his eyes still and like there's no emotion other than i'm dead inside i'm trying to fix gotham which got a little old to me like Got what it. made Christian Bell so great is, you know, they they realized that Bruce Wayne and Batman were separate and he plays them perfectly. Right. Maybe maybe they they realize like part of the story is how it ends without giving too much away is him realizing, you know, Gotham might need um you know, hope instead of mm. you know, instead of revenge. So maybe that's on the Bruce Wayne side of thing. Who knows, but he's definitely a little brooding. Um and then the ugly is just the runtime. Um Yeah. It is. I have to give credit to the way they edited it. Um, it doesn't feel like three hours when you're in there, but it definitely has some spots where it drags on a little bit. Okay. Like there's a part where Batman pulls a note out of a cage. And I, I'm not kidding you. It took 60 seconds to show his hand, go into the cage and pull out a letter. <laughs> it was, inc- it was crazy. So like, it's a film noir dressed in Batman, but it's also an art house kids project where he's like, no, nah, I'm going to let this shit run. Got um, it. I'm not going to cut it when you feel like it just needs to cut. So, you know, there's, there's, you could easily, easily shave off just 15, 20 minutes of this and you're going to get the same movie. Um, so that's, that's the ugly, um, which makes the, you know, the rewatchable value of it drop a little bit for me. It's not mm-hmm. every day I have three hours to sit down and watch a movie. Yeah. So I'd appreciate, you know, two hours, two hours and 20 minutes, you could easily tell the story, but, um, I, it, it, it kind of like, I, I had high expectations just because the marketing was so great, but you know, it, it definitely, it reached them. I thought it was fantastic. One of the best movies I've seen the past year for sure. That's good. Okay. I'll give it a try for sure. You know, you talked about the runtime and it seems like, I don't know what it is, but superhero movies recently, the past couple of years, they all seem to be long as shit. And it's like, I, I, I know that they're trying to tell a, a, a story and the fans of these specific comic books or, uh, you know, even cartoons probably aren't going to care one way or the other, how long the movie is, but for like the regular, you know, casual fan, that's like, Oh, I'll check that out. 
like three hours is a tough. Like I think Godfather, the original Godfather, was like just under three hours, right? I think so. Yeah. <laughs> and you, I think Endgame, uh, Avengers Endgame, was like slightly over three hours and like five minutes or something. And I thought that movie was great, but it was like, fuck, this is long. <laughs> yeah. It's, um, it's a lot. Yeah, it's tough. What, where would you place this in the in the Batman films? Like, are, are you, you know, you would compare it to Dark Knight. Those are, you know, I, I was having a discussion with one of my friends about it. And I said, well, the Dark Knight um, films are probably my favorite. Like, I loved the original Batman, but when you go back and watch it now, it's still good. But I think I'd rather watch the Dark Knight, um, the Dark Knight films now rather than the original Batman. But where do you put it yeah. in the in the Batman um, universe as far as like top tier? Is it kind of there in the middle, or you know, is it whatever that movie was with uh, Arnold as uh, Mister Freeze? <laughs> what killed the dinosaurs? <laughs> I say, yeah, man, that movie sucks. Um, I so the Batman, the first Batman by. Um, uh, Tim Burton, right? Yeah. That's who did that. He is so stylistically different than everybody else. It's those are almost like on their own. Right. Um, but the next two were pretty bad. As much as I love my boy Val Kilmer, you know. Oh, Val's off. <laughs> it doesn't. I mean, the so the the whole thing was um, they couldn't even move their head in the bat suits. If you ever watch those again, <laughs> yeah. um, they have to just turn their torso. It's pretty funny to watch. So I, you know, those two, those two. I'm just kind of they're at the bottom. I think Patflix. I'm not a huge Zack Snyder fan in, in the first place. Mm. And then just like just throwing CGI Batman in there. It, I just wasn't a fan of those and talk about long ass movies that are just boring. Um, <laughs> <laughs> I would put this one. Um, I, for me, the dark Knight still is the upper echelon of these movies. Right. Um, a lot of that credit goes to Heath Ledger. Obviously that, that role has become just, beyond legendary right mm-hmm. but you can't you can't sleep on like the the small aspects of that movie you can't sleep on um morgan freeman as lucius fox i love michael Caine's version of um alfred the butler yeah. and then you know christian bell is incredible he's just you know pound for pound in my opinion the best current actor in the world right now yeah um which you know you can and, just the scale of those movies were incredible. The thing, the differences. So at this point, you're you're looking at like stylistically what you like. Um, this movie, what I like more is the Gotham felt like a dreary, empty city, right? Mm. It felt it. You could feel that like okay, this this city as a character itself is like it's dark, it's hurting, it's a, a miserable place to be. So the idea of Batman trying to save it makes more sense. Where in Christopher Nolan's Dark Knight series, you know, he kind of like cuts together Toronto and Pittsburgh and it's still just like a big city, but it doesn't feel like, you know, things are too shitty there where this one is just like, man, this place would be just dismal to be a part of, um, which is, which is fun. But if I was stack ranking them, I definitely put it below the Dark Knight still in my opinion. Okay. But it probably lands somewhere to the next two. It's somewhere Mm. next to Batman begins and the Dark Knight rises. Got Um, it. You know, you could take any three of those movies and, you know, you're not making a bad choice, in my opinion. Okay. All right. <clears throat> well, I'll have to give it a try for sure. I mean, I, I love Dark Knight Rises, too. Um, not as much as a Dark Knight, but but still still a good film. Yeah. Okay. Well, uh, anything else you want to get off your chest, Kurt? You, you uh, Everything else is going well. New home is on the way, correct? Being yeah. built. Yeah. Uh, new home's on the way. Um, do you want to take a moment to just let the world know that... Um, Putin's a piece of shit. Uh, <laughs> there you go. Hope he dies. Those who didn't know. Yeah. yeah those who uh, weren't aware. Um, no, it, it's just, you know, things always get put in perspective and just, you know, I can't put the new, not the news down, but my phone down when I see the visuals coming out of there. So hearts out to yep. the people of Ukraine, like just seeing war in real life. I'm a, I'm actually, I weirdly, a, um, which isn't really my style, but I'm weirdly a, uh history nerd with wars um mm. you know i've listened to podcasts and like you hear about everything but you never actually get to see it and actually visually seeing it it's just horrific so do just want to let people take a minute and just know that putin's an asshole and i hope that ends the best way it possibly can yeah. which you know at this point is still awful so yeah um thoughts with those folks over there 
I do want to say I'm getting very nervous for the playoffs. Um, if things do change this offseason, when I say that, I, I mean like everyone but Donovan's gone, including Quinn Snyder. So um, like I think there's a lot at, lot at stake, and I love, I love this team. There's a bunch of fun guys to watch. They're all friends. They're all buddies. It'd be even better, though, if they complete the goal of winning a championship or even just get me to a finals, get me to a Western conference finals. You know what I mean? Let's, let's see what happens there. So getting nervous for that. Um, yes, house is on the way, but there's so much other stuff in the way. Um, I can announce now that baby number two is on the way. There you go. Yes. Yes. So that's exciting. Um, a lot more on my mind than, you know, there's a lot going on. Yeah. I love spring. I love spring. Things are gonna be fun. Uh, the commandos, Got our boy Carson Wentz. We got our hero, right? Yeah, we didn't even talk about that. Jesus. We don't need to. (laughs) We don't need to. So, oh, man. I don't know. But um, a huge fan of the the pod that you're doing over um, with the Jazz Nation stuff. It's it's always fun to hear your grumpy ass just bring us down to earth and (laughs) keep us on... uh, Keep us realistic. So yeah, that's a good go. pod Thank to listen you. to. Um, always a fan, man. Always, always a fun to jump on. So I appreciate it. Yeah. Thank you. Thank you. Congratulations on uh, baby number two. Uh, you know, I would say get your sleep, but you know, your son isn't uh, <laughs> three yet. So you're not sleeping at all anyway. So just, you know, uh, maybe I'll send you some monsters or, uh, you know, whatever you're drinking these days. I don't know if it's more intense than monster. <laughs> no, I'm just, I, so I went from the rockstar lemonades to they're called monster rehab peach tea. So they're oh, still yeah. carbonated. They're yummy, there you go. Though. Yeah. They're there you good. Go. They're good. little pick me up. Yeah. All right. Perfect. Well, I'll get you, I'll get you some of those for the, uh, the, uh, baby gift. <laughs> Thank you. Thank you. I appreciate that. And, and your listeners continue to think that I'm just the biggest sales douche, just drinking monster energies and getting hype all the time. Over your, here, so thank uh, and you. your, uh, your dad hat backwards. Yep. Yeah. Oh yeah. 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 Oh, Air, yeah AirPods in. Yep. AirPod yep. pros. Come on, dude. What, oh what you shit. I, you Sorry. You think I'm in sales development or you, what, what's going on? <laughs> shit. All right, man. Well, thank you very much, Kurt. I appreciate it, bro. Uh, thanks man. All right. Talk to you later. This week's I Wonder is centered around the Supreme Court, with the newest Supreme Court Justice, Ketanji Brown Jackson, uh, being sworn in, going through the whole questioning three-day phase of, you know, uh, where she bought a Diet Coke from in 1986, uh, December 7th to be exact, things like that. Um, I, I wanted to learn a little bit more about the Supreme Court. I wondered where and when the Supreme Court got its start. So... The Judiciary Act, and this is all from uh, history.com, mind you, the Judiciary Act of 1789 was passed by Congress and signed by President George Washington. Uh, It established a Supreme Court of the United States as a tribunal made up of six justices who serve on the court until death or retirement. Now, I know this is a big deal now. (laughs) Uh, But the U.S. Supreme Court was established by Article 3 of the U.S. Constitution. Constitution granted the Supreme Court ultimate jurisdiction over all laws, especially those in which their uh, constitutionality was at issue. The High Court was also designated to oversee cases concerning treaties of the U.S., foreign diplomats, admiralty practice, and maritime jurisdiction. Uh, On February 1st, 1790, rather, the first session of the U.S. Supreme Court was held in New York City at the Royal Exchange Building. Now, there are nine uh, judges on the Supreme Court now. So when did this happen? Uh, According to the Constitution, the size of the court is set by Congress and the number of justices varied during the 19th century before stabilizing in 1869 at nine justices. The number, however can be changed at any time by Congress in times of constitutional crisis. The nation's highest court has always played a definitive role in resolving, for better or worse, the great issues of the time. Um, I'm not going to go into these cases, but some of the very high-profile cases that um, had a lasting effect on the United States uh, that the Supreme Court decided was Marbury versus Madison in 1803. Yes, 1803. Dred Scott versus Sanford in 1857. 
Brown versus the Board of Education in 1954, Mapp versus Ohio in 1961, Miranda versus Arizona in 1966, and of course, Roe versus Wade in 1973. So make sure you uh, at least go back and figure out what all those cases were about and what exactly happened. Uh, But thank you all for listening. Next week, uh, I'll have a special WrestleMania edition podcast. Oh yeah, I know you're all going to love it. (laughs) We do it once a year. A little bit for me, a lot for you throughout the year. We'll just look at it that way. Um, But until then, don't forget to follow the podcast on Instagram at The Will Wonder Pod. Follow me on Twitter at DJ Will Wonder, and we'll see y'all next time. Peace. Please subscribe, write, and review. Talk to you next time. Thanks for listening. Peace out.